Hey guys, welcome to an episode of This Is My Story, whether you're listening on a podcast or you're watching on YouTube. I have a very special guest, and I do say that every time because I have a lot, I have so many special friends, I feel like. Uh, and this is a very special friend of Emily and I. Uh, this is Mrs. Ashley Butler. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. So we are currently sitting at the two, 2021 Nautique Water Ski Masters Tournament, Wakeboard Tournament. Um, biggest tournament in the world, probably the only tournament in the world where pro athletes come from around the world uh, in both skiing and wakeboarding. You guys have been coming here for how long? 14 years. Okay. I've been coming here for, been married to Emily for 18. I've probably been coming here 19 years. And so your husband, his name is Matt. Yes. Uh, all of you guys will get to meet Matt. Matt is one of my best friends. I think I'll tell the story of how Matt and I met. <laughs> Obviously, you and I met through Matt. Yes. Um, but we'll save that story for Matt and uh, our conversation. So I was just so you guys know, I was going to interview Matt, who is one of my best friends. Uh, and then he came along and said I should interview his wife. And she reluctantly said, I don't have anything interesting about my life. I, I let the cat out of the bag. <laughs> Are you wondering, like, how did I even how did I get here in this seat right now? I sincerely was. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm your friend. That's why well, I'm here. Well, I appreciate I, You obviously have a level of trust yes. that I'm not going to do something that would embarrass you. I, I don't know. If, hopefully, I don't misplace that trust. Um, but when you did, when Matt was telling you that you had a powerful story, I, a, I know because I know you so well. But uh, when you shied away from wanting to tell me that story, I just felt like that feeling is what all of us feel. You know, I've been married to a pro athlete, and a little bit of your story, Ashley's married to a man who is in the limelight, um, traveling with Marin Morris, um, big country music star. Uh, most recently, he's been doing some music stuff with another lady. I don't remember her name. Tenille Arts. Okay, Tenille was a big deal, I guess, this year. And so you're kind of living in the shadows of a big, you know, big-time musician, before that, he was a lead singer in a, in a big Christian band. Yes. And so I could kind of see why you're like, there's nothing interesting about me in the world's terms, right? So we got to flip the script on that. You know, you know we got to because there's too many people that aren't that. Too many people that's not Emily. So before we dive in, I want to thank our sponsors. We have two great sponsors, Christian Healthcare Ministries. You familiar with them? I am. Great company, biblically based, and uh, it's a cost-sharing, community-driven experience. So we love them. My wife and I, if you're listening to this conversation, check it out. And then Natural All Living uh, Supplements is where we get our natural supplements. So uh, there'll be a link in there. My Story Matters. If you type that in, you'll get 15% off. And uh, I think that's good. Though uh, We'll dive into your story. Ashley Butler, I know the Lord's given you a story. What like What is... Your story, and take me to a place where you're like, if I, if I didn't have Jesus, the, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have this hope. I mean, I grew up with that. So my dad's a pastor, so I'm a PK, and I you got that in common, by the way. <laughs> That's why you have so many problems. <laughs> I don't doubt that. Um, I grew up with. Um, a lot of expectations for myself being Bobby Joyner's daughter and him having um, a local ministry as well as a global ministry yes. with his mission work. 
and I felt like if I messed up, that uh, it would reflect poorly on my father. So for the longest time, my faith, while I feel was genuine, was motivated by not wanting to embarrass my family. And that's where it started. And I performed the way that every good girl performs. I made good grades. I was an athlete. Um, got college scholarships. And still felt very much like my faith was more my dad's faith than than mine. Although I knew I knew it was true. It it just didn't feel personal to me until I was in college after college. And after college, I definitely had an experience with the Lord um, through North Point Ministries, Louis Giglio. I went to his uh, services called 722 at the time in the late 90s. And there, I feel like I had a one-on-one real encounter with Jesus, and it became very evident that my faith was very personal. And it was not about my dad or my dad's ministry. It was about my relationship to the Lord and that alone. I was already a Christian, but that one night in particular was just very real. That it it was about me. It wasn't about my dad. I wasn't I wasn't going to get credit in heaven because I was Bobby Joyner's daughter. <laughs> you know, how old were you when this was happening? Twenty four. I was. It was after grad school. So I had already finished grad school and was working. And so, what was that like in the moment when the Holy Spirit ministered to you? In that moment, when you know, even in grad school, like surely by now you should have some idea of like a confidence, right? But the enemy is so deceitful in the way that he tricks us into thinking that we don't have value. That when will I matter? You know, my dad is obviously he matters. People look up to him, but when will you see me, Lord? So I had uh, recently gotten out of a four-and-a-half-year relationship, and I honestly thought that I was going to be Mrs. who that person was. And when that didn't work out, even though I had a great life, I felt like my life was over, like, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen now? And I was living away from my family, which I think God orchestrated so that I would not be with them when I was going through this hard time for myself because all I could do was lean on my relationship with God. I couldn't borrow from my dad. I had to I had to face this on my own. And I went to church and um, Louis spoke uh, and he was talking about carrying guilt and I had carried some guilt in my life and he had this huge cinder block. He was holding a big cinder block in his hand, and he said so many Christians carry the weight of their guilt and their sins, and they put it in front of the cross, and then they pick it back up and walk away. And I identified with that. And he said, what we need to do is just let it go. And he let the cinder block go, and it crashed off the stage. And it was really moving for me personally where I was in, in my life. And he said, if you needed someone to pray for you, to please come down front. I have never gone down front in my 24 years. And I had actually thought about doing it and thought, 
wait, what if somebody sees me and then thinks, oh, that's Bobby Joyner's daughter. And like it reflected poorly on my dad's ministry. But I was like, I don't care. I need prayer. I need to move on in my life. I need this. And so I went down front and met Suzanne, one of my mentors, and she prayed with me and walked me through an emotional part and stage of my life. And I, I completely and totally was like, I have to do this for my relationship with the Lord, and I can't think about how it could potentially reflect poorly on my family. Although I care so much about them, I had to put that aside. And that was, the, I think, the very first time in my life that I did that. That's cool. So you ever think about your story and how it relates to other people? Um, because just a few minutes ago before we started, you were saying, my story's not interesting. Now, obviously on here, we're trying to connect others to the gospel, right? Right. So do you think your story connects people to the gospel? I mean, that's what I want in my life. Well, I see it. So <laughs> let me let me lay it out there. Just because, so even though you and I grew up in ministry, we, we felt the pressure from our dads. We don't want to embarrass them. We should be the one that's living for God. Right. Um, many people listening may not have a dad as a pastor or a minister, but they still feel the pressure to go to God, like to leave their comfort space of, I'm not sure that I can go with you, God, because of X, Y, and Z. Right. So your pressure was letting your father down. Other people's pressure might be letting their friends down. Or what will happen if I make this decision? And so your story relates to anyone that's listening because you had to face the reality of what Jesus says, hey, get out of the boat to Peter. You're going to sink. He, he knows you're going to look down. He knows that you're going to fall. But Peter made that courageous step and looked back. So what would you say to someone that's listening now that you know that your story relates so much beyond being a pastor's kid and going down? It relates to every single person that decides, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. Like no one listening to this, it's like on the fence to follow Jesus goes, well, that's really hard for her. But like, it's easy for me. I just don't want to do it. No one ever says it's easy to follow God. I just don't want to do it. They're all in your shoes holding the pew as tight as they can. And then the Holy Spirit's drawing them, but there's this force that's weighting them down like that center block. Yes. And now they're hearing your story. They're not a pastor's kid, but they can identify with the heaviness. Like, who cares about Marin Morris right now? <laughs> who cares about what these athletes are doing here? We're talking about the weight of the world on your shoulders to follow God. It's and, so weird. And that's, that's your story. That's what it felt like. It felt like the weight of the world. And when I took that first step and admitted that I needed someone to walk through this life with me, that I didn't have it all together, that I was supposed to, and everybody around me thought I did, but inwardly I didn't, um, it, was, it was humbling, but it was the most freeing thing. And I I guess other people can relate to that when you get to the end of yourself. Oh, wait, you mean when people find Jesus and get, like, free and they're <laughs> yes. like, oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. And like I said, even though I was already a Christian and I knew the Lord and checked the boxes, did my Bible studies, went to church, um, that was the first time I, I feel like I owned my own relationship with the Lord. It wasn't someone else's relationship with the Lord. It was mine. Good. But I had to get to the end of me. I had to... Quit thinking about who could potentially be watching or how this might reflect 
I knew that's what I needed to do. Mm. All right. Well, let's let's fast forward. So that's the starting point of your faith. Yes. You and the Lord start a journey together. Yes. That's not really your salvation point. It's not a point that you got saved, which I think is good to to just mention for a second because salvation, as Paul says, is a process. Continue right. to work out your salvation yes. with fear and trembling. Uh, not everybody gets saved and remembers the day. And um, just like sanctification as you grow in your faith, so that marks the moment of your life. I'm, I take it as a privilege to know that. It's really cool to know that part about your life. Now, we know also that we're not perfect and that Satan wants to continue to look for a place of weakness in our yes. minds or our hearts. So from that moment, where, where have you seen like the attack of your relationship with the Lord, where you've seen parts of your story crumble like what would be the hardest thing that you've maybe faced in your faith and your walk since then well not just since then but prior to that and I think the reason that that moment happened for me is that I have always wanted approval of others whether it was my family or my school or my coaches I sought that approval and um, I call it approbation lust I struggle with having that and break break that apart for us. That's a big word. <laughs> so just having the approval of others, wanting to look good in others' eyes. So let's just say on a scale of one to ten, how bad is this for you? Is it? It's a it's a it's a struggle. And um, what, what will it do? What what's like flesh it out? What does that look like so that people can identify with this? So I've I've grown a little bit, but it used to paralyze me. In terms of if I thought that I would not perform my best, I would probably not perform at all. If I didn't think that I was going to win or have the CEO of the company or the dean of the physical therapy school pat me on the back, then I might not do it at all. Like, I would be paralyzed. And I've broken that down over the years, and I feel like so much of it is fear of failure. Yeah even more than seeking approbation of other people. They tie in, but that's where I live in that world. And um, it has been incredibly rewarding to become a wife of a godly man who loves me regardless of my performance. And being a mom, I mean, talk about learning what unconditional love is. They... My children love me, and they don't care what I do at work. And yeah. They don't care what other people think I look like or perform like. And so that has been completely humbling for me and brought in what the Bible says about um, God as our Father. Like, that's how he loves us. It's how my children love me. And that was huge growth for me, seeing that. Yeah, I never thought about that, that the kids don't really care what we do, you know. No, they it's funny because my kids don't know what I do, really. They're like, what, what do you do, you know? And I was writing this card for good curriculum. Like, Hope remembers when I worked at the Gaylord Palms Hotel more than anything else. She's like, well, I know what you did there. You parked a car for people. Um, and I don't. I almost wonder if she feels better about knowing at least what I did versus <laughs> not knowing what to say at school. What's your daddy do? Oh, he's an author, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> And so, but it's it's a great picture, you're right, of, like, God loves us in yes. spite of what, what it is that we're pursuing. And, and this is a repetitive thing in our stories. 
no matter who we are, no matter, you know, if it is someone who takes the stage at a wakeboard water ski competition like we're at, or they're on the stage performing music, um, or their stage is in an office, you know, they work 40, 50 hours a week, or they drive a semi truck. I mean, the Lord wants us to find our contentment in him so that we don't feel the pressure to perform at all. Right. And uh, that's the challenge. It is. And like I said, it became very easy when I married a very godly man who um, nurtured my heart and I think saw me despite uh, any fronts that I tried to to put up. And um, of course, you want you want to put your best foot forward when you meet somebody really cool. And that was really cool when I met him and I wanted to be cool. But he wanted to get to know me for me. And that was uh, refreshing. And he has nurtured my heart. And because of that, I have fallen behind my life hero, who is my mom, and um, wanted to be the best wife I could be. And I find so much joy in being my husband's support and knowing that it's not for any acclaim, but it's because that's what he needs for his ministry. Mm. And That's a powerful thing. I, I really feel like that that's maybe what I was designed for from the beginning. Well, stepping into some destiny. I, I mean, I think so. I think I was meant to be. I think I was meant to be his wife. Yeah, I would say. I would say you guys make a pretty good pair there. You know. So uh, let me ask you just a question about story. Like, you know, we've known each other for a long time, but I haven't ever asked you. Like, what do you love about people's stories? So there are two things. One, I love finding something that I can admire and potentially pattern. Like finding truths about either someone's experience, bad or good, that I want to learn from and look up to. And then also there's a relatability, uh, either a struggle or um, a feeling or an emotion. Um, and that's what makes stories so special because you can, you can attach to that. And then hopefully that story is one that is going to open up and allow you to follow in footsteps as well or yeah. encourage you to go the right way. Yeah, so I, my question might be then, you know, before we came on the podcast, I love that you were committed to do it, even though you had so much reservation. You know, and But Matt was saying that you were like this, this, this deep well, you know, and I know you are. Um, but what do you think it is that makes, you know, make someone shy away from wanting to share their story uh, besides just being nervous. I mean, let's look on the outside, looking in at your story. How many mothers exist or wives exist that like your Instagram, when you guys travel with Mary Morris is, is one of those Instagram accounts that you're like, Oh, they're with them. Oh, you know, I mean, I, I look on there. I'm like, what are they going to be with Justin Timberlake this week or John Mayer? Yeah. John Mayer. I'm like, Oh, my hmm, tough him, life, but him. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> <I'm> true. <at> <laughs> well, no, you've been tra- you've traveled with you know a couple Matt. times with Matt, yes. and I've seen photos of you with some uber famous people. But you're always smiling, you're always so happy. And on the outside, how many mothers, wives, you have friends of yours, or just people who know you that follow you, and you're like, oh my gosh, she is with what a life she has. Oh, if I just had her life, 
But then it's like, hey, there's a story podcast. We should tell your story. You're like, oh, me? I don't, I don't have a story. Like, why do you think that is? So I think it's because I borrow other people's stories. <laughs> oh. I can I see to, the temptation I get, in that. I get to tag along. Um, no, I know that I have a story. However, I also know that I'm probably not someone that... Oh, Ashley Butler. Yeah, let's listen to her. Because mm. who am I in the grand scheme of things? And the answer is really nobody outside of a child of God, but we all are. And I'm not belittling that. I just, I wasn't nervous to talk. I was just, who would sincerely want to hear what I had to say? That's a big fear. <laughs> who am I? I'm a wife and a mom and a physical therapist. <laughs> I mean, to be, who wants to hear me? Like, it, it, what if what if that was my thing? Because I'm married to a pro athlete, but I'm not one. I make I make films with pro athletes, but I'm not one. It, I literally, like I have, it's taken me a long time to get this podcast going. Why? Because I've had that same fear this whole time. Who wants to listen to me? But then I started thinking, how many people think the same thing? That. Not only they're not starting a podcast, but they're just not living into their relationship with the Lord. If there's one thing I can know about my life, at least I know I've failed enough to know a good path forward. Yes. But I also know a lot of people who have amazing stories who love Jesus, you being one of one of those people. And so in the comment section, you guys jump in. Let us let just say, love you, Ashley. Go, Ashley. Thank you for sharing your story. Listen. At the very least, I don't know the quote, but I quote it on here a lot. I'll quote it forever on here. The greatest tragedy that happens in a person's life is they die and never having shared their story. I don't know who wrote it, but I just loved it. And I thought, can I help? How can I help do this? Like, I don't want people to die with that tragedy and never having told their story. So, you can die. You can die anytime. I can't. I can't be done. Well, let's uh, let's dive in on another another note. Okay. What's a facet of your story that you'd like to share that that that's empowered you that uh, that was hard or difficult, but the Lord has has been sweet and good in your life. So I I think I would go back to my mom, and she has always been my earthly hero. I look up to her in so many different ways, and. In the in terms of world success, there wasn't that. She quit work to raise two daughters and uh, was a loving, dutiful wife to a minister that would go all over the world numerous times a year and then have local ministries. So I watched her life and wanted to emulate her in many ways. And then um, she's the one that taught me about a daily prayer life and taking prayer seriously. And when somebody said, will you pray for me, that you actually do pray for them. Don't just say, yeah, I'll pray for you. You actually do that. Like I learned little things like that from her. And then she would take the time to teach us practical things, how to cook, how to clean, how to be a supporting uh, wife, if that was going to be the road that Jenna and I, my sister, chose. And she was the most godly woman I knew, she still is, but then she, when she was diagnosed with cancer, 
I feel like my world was rocked a little bit because not only was she godly and amazing, but she was also incredibly healthy. Never, I mean, worked out every day of my entire life. Has always eaten healthy. Juiced back in the 80s when nobody knew what juicing was. Like, the woman has been a picture of health my whole life and then she got diagnosed with cancer breast cancer she didn't have the gene for it and wow. she was not overweight never smoked had the only risk factor was that she was a female that was her only risk factor for cancer and she had it and it was bad they discovered it when i was uh, stage 3b so um, as bad as it could be without being in the lymph nodes already wow and i think that shook me just a little bit because i felt like she had done everything right spiritually and physically and yet this still happened and getting to walk through that road with her of uh, the surgeries and the chemo and all of that and seeing how she continued to live her faith despite all of that she never got bitter she was always beautiful Mm. and I think I grew more from that experience um than maybe anything else. Yeah. I mean, there have been some tragedies that you always learned? grow from. What do you think you learned most about the Lord during that time? Maybe he is faithful. I mean, he never left our side. And while things looked dire, there was a peace. And while things were painful, um, there was hope. And uh, she thankfully is still with us and still on chemo but has survived and um, it just affirmed that this life is not all there is yeah that's what i was going to ask you was you know it's it's cliche to talk about heaven you know and, and, and some people talk about heaven too much like the balance or this the shift did you feel like there was a shift where heaven became more real to you that your story was eternal um, I don't know if it became more real to me because it's always been incredibly real to me because it's always been a conversation um, but what became real to me is how temporary this life is and that my that my real hope is sometimes outside of my sight my limited sight and that gave me that gave me peace and um, even more than having a daughter prematurely in the NICU which happened and and even more than some heartbreak early on when my mom was diagnosed with cancer I was reminded that this world is not all there is I'm going to take advantage of all the seconds and moments but that's not why I'm here. It gave me more of an eternal perspective. Not that I was looking only to heaven, but just realizing that this this isn't all there is. Yeah. Did it change any priorities for you in your life, just with your time or relationships? I think so. I think it. Uh, I've always been a family girl, obviously. Um, but it showed me that you can do all the right things, but we live in a sinful and fallen world and things are going to happen. And so I don't want to take the time that I've been given for granted. Yeah. 
Did you ever blame God or have a temptation to be angry? No, I, I didn't. I'm not saying that my mom didn't, but I, I did not. I'm maybe because I'm in a medical field and it just made scientific sense to me how you can have a bad cell that starts multiplying. So no, no anger, um, no blaming God. Uh, lots of whys, like yeah. why, but not blaming God. More, I'm, I'm ready for a redeemed earth. Yeah, yeah. A uh, pastor friend of mine sums up the story of God and sort of our story as well as a world created by God, ruined by sin, redeemed by the Son. And I love that because when tragedy happens, we are attempted to move beyond the questions, God, of why, like, why, where are you, into why did you, and how come you didn't. Right. And, um, you know, I just hear that often. And it seems like a very misguided theology that I God agree. would cause this thing to happen. Right. And I love that you're saying, like, no, I didn't. I, it's, I'm, a, I'm in the medical field. It makes sense. And I know the Bible. We live in a fallen world. We're ruined, you know, created by God, ruined by sin. In this world, you'll have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. That was like what I held on to. And we do have tribulation. We've continued to have tribulation. But uh, it really changed my outlook from the day to day to much more of an eternal perspective. That's good. Well, let me ask you an open-ended question. Is there a part of your story that you would love to share where you saw the Lord bring you the greatest joy, the greatest freedom that uh, maybe it surprised you, maybe it didn't, but just a time when you said, this was the best, Ashley, the Lord. The Lord made me great in his image, and although sin has tried to take me down many times, this is a moment, this is an Ashley where I know the joy of the Lord was exuberant. So that's interesting. And my brain went to my marriage to Matt. That's cool. But because I kind of felt like I was groomed to become a wife and mom my whole life, I felt like that might be an easy answer. So I'm going to go, I'm, I'm going to dig a little deep and I'm going to go to the last year. Okay. I like that. Um, and no I, diss on Matt. I know, I know you're a very proud wife. <laughs> But I like that you're digging deep, yeah. I'm COVID, digging. COVID was a really pretty sucky year for a lot of people. So I'm especially I'm musicians, yes, and yes. landlords. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you guys went through a really rough year. It was a tough year. Yeah. Um, because I was uh, part time, my company let go of all the part time employees. The company I'd been with for 17 years let go of all part time employees. Matt is a touring musician. Nobody's touring. Yeah. So he got. Oh, he called me and asked me about working for UPS. <laughs> you talk about a, like a, a moment when I was like, no, 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 no. You're my friend that works for Marin Morris. You cannot be my friend that works for UPS. <laughs> for UPS. I can't. Or Uber Eats. <laughs> I can't explain the photos of me and you together any like, and this with the same enthusiasm anymore. Brown shorts. This is my friend Matt. He works at UPS. I mean, I would have done it. Because I love Matt, and who cares what you do? But still, there was a selfish joy that I took out of saying, this is my friend, he's touring with these people. But uh, yeah, COVID hit, and you guys 
You guys were definitely the yeah, friends we had, who were like, uh, wow, they used to really have this cool life. We're not sure if they're going to have a life anymore. <laughs> we sincerely, that was, that might have been the time that I was like, what in the world, God? Like, yeah. what else am I supposed to do? And I felt like life was happening to me for the very first time instead of me knowing, knowing what I was doing and yeah. where I was I headed. I think this is like billions of people on the planet when COVID <laughs> hit. It was like, no, 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 stop, stop. <laughs> no, it was tough. So we had um, a rental property that the people that were renting were supposed to be purchasing from us. And then with the CARES Act, they just stopped paying rent. And we had two mortgages. And I didn't have a job, and Matt got furloughed. And so we had no income and two mortgages. And we, we were like, and we couldn't do anything. Like our city was sincerely shut down. Nashville was shut down. Our next door neighbor was a cardiac surgeon and he was at home all day, every day because they stopped elective surgeries. Wow. Like in Nashville is medicine and entertainment and hospitality, which died. Yeah. So 2020 sincerely flipped our life upside down and then I got a call from my company and they offered me a new position and it was a kind of a field marketing slash sales role and I never saw myself as a salesperson like I cried when they took me through the training to call like cold call go in a physician's office I literally just started crying and my boss was like are you going to be able to do this? I was Hold like, I don't, know, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can handle that type of rejection. Like the whole fear yeah. and needing to be who people wanted me to be came roaring back. And just knowing that I was walking into a space behind a mask where they're limiting like caregivers can't even come in with their family members but I'm walking in wanting a doctor's attention and time to talk to him oh my gosh yeah I can't imagine it was I cried every day for like a month and then every week for probably two months wait I asked you if there's something joyful that you wait <laughs> wait but it's coming I had advice from my husband and then some people that we are close with who are very godly and wise and they said Ashley, you never grow unless you're uncomfortable. And I had found such a comfortable niche in my life. And this was, oh, talk about being uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable. However, I found strength that I didn't know existed. I know it was the Lord. I know it was the Holy Spirit. I mean, I literally still to this day, because I'm still doing this job, pray and um, ask God to open doors yeah. and let me be a light. And um, it's given me joy when that happens. Mm. And I've actually not died from the rejections. <laughs> so, it's a beautiful thing. It, it, I love that you picked joy. this story out because <laughs> earlier you're like, I don't have a story, but now you're making these connections to the fact that like this used to be the old me and all of a sudden the old me comes back. The old, Paul says, is gone, the new has come. That's Christ. The old is dead, this dead, nasty, rotting person that sneaks up and deceives us. 
It tells us we're not pretty. Right. We're not good enough. You'll never be good enough. You're definitely not as good enough or good looking as that person. Ever. And then you're like, the Lord, was, you know, he gave me a new perspective with Louis Giglio. Mm-hmm. Our relationship began. And then now you're later on in life. You get totally taken out of your livelihood, your normalties, your comforts. Thinking all of those other like comparison things, they were better, they were in check. And then it's like, no, 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 you got to go sell yourself to a bunch of people who don't even want to meet with you. It's, it was but actually un- unsafe to meet them. Yeah. And I'm still trying to meet them. Yeah, and develop so here, a relationship. I'll, I'll, I'll wrap. This is what I love to do with our stories, too. It's just sort of wrap what I hear, what I see, because I love stories, but I also pinpoint things that, that stand out to me. And one of those is that someone in your life spoke into your life both times. One was Louis Giglio. The other one was this couple. And that's just instrumental of how God works in his story. So as the Lord wants to make himself known into the world, you know, often it's through his spirit, but we're often stubborn. So he sends people. Yeah, yeah, not you, though. You know, he sends people to, to, to enter into our story so that we could glorify who he is and also be saved, you know, from our sin and be made new. And I love that when that happens, the joy arises within the difficulty. You know, you don't get a new job. No, he I'm gives, still in the job. Yes. But I find tidbits of joy every single day that I can hold on to and yeah. praise him for. Yeah. Not that praise I would have chosen this. No. <laughs> and not that you're not still hopeful that it shifts. Correct. And changes. <laughs> You know, Matt's going to be listening. You know, Matt, he, <laughs> the Lord's going to provide for you guys. But in this time and in the season. It's been such a blessing that I've been able to provide for my family. And y'all, my husband, he has stepped up like very few men would. Yeah. He became the homeschool teacher. He became, he cleaned the house. I would come home from work to a meal prepared. And then when it was done, I would start cleaning up. And Matt would be like, no, no, you need to take some time. Why don't you go? And I'll, I'll clean up. Like, wow. so selfless. Yeah. And, and you guys didn't prepare for this either. No. I, lo- I, love that, <laughs> no. I love that you guys transitioned well. And for everyone listening, that is often how life goes. It's the unexpected transitions that dismember families. And uh, because we become to defend, we sense a sense of uh, irritability. You know, change of schedule. Um, then we turn in loss of loss of identity. Yes, loss of role. Well, loss of income. Yeah, as well. or and income. But even you know, a shift in roles. A yeah. shift in like we our roles flip flopped. Yeah, he's and my house husband. That's what I tell him Ooh. all the time now. <laughs> and you're his uh, <laughs> his baby mama. No, what's the uh, the money sugar mama? I'm the sugar mama, and oh, he's girl. he's my house husband. <laughs> when Emily was pro egg border, I was all about that sugar mama. <laughs> It was, that was in Bible college then. Those days are long gone. But um, No, but it, it does find, like, seeing him interacting with the kids way more than he ever has before. He's always been a great dad, but his job takes him on the road. Yeah. And for the last year and a half, he's not been on the road. So that time with the kids brings me joy. Their relationship deepening, especially during pivotal times. My son, you know, 16 and driving and talking about wanting to date like yeah. those, and having a daddy there constantly to give him wisdom and insight and then my daughter who is you know adolescent 
walking into womanhood, um, and she has a, she sees what a real man does, and that's do what he needs to do for his family yeah. to the glory of God. So good. I know that I know the Lord's gonna put you guys on a path to see Matt back out touring. In fact, he's he's back on a touring Speak this it. year. Keep speaking. I know, right? He's speaking the truth. You know, uh, for everyone listening, though. Thank you, Ashley, for coming on. I, I, I love this girl like a sister. Um, her and Emily are, you know, like best friends. And even though we live two states apart, you guys are in Nashville. We're in Orlando. Um, the but times Emily we get and I together. work together. What's that? We work together, Emily and I. Oh, that's true. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, fit, online fitness. Yeah. Um, I, I'm delighted to see so many tidbits of your story and how the Lord connects with other people. Um, a, like the, the most significant thing, but yet just basic level of your story is that you're a mother and a wife, you work, and you have a personal relationship with Jesus that I see in you and that I know other people see in you. Like, we, we need to celebrate nothing else. Well, thank you. You know, and, and if anything, I think we need to see that you have a powerful story. All of those little lies and those insecurities, this is what millions of people walk around with every single day. Yeah, they haven't had the Louis moment. They haven't had a godly friend yet. And they're maybe listening or they know someone that's listening that's like, gosh, my, my friend's husband lost their job. I know a lady or I'm having to work or my life has been dismantled in some way, but they haven't turned to the Lord. And your story is one of saying, like, I turn to him. Yes. Like, he's ministered to me. Daily. Yes. And I have to daily. And I will find joy. There's hard times, but with that mindset, you can find joy every single day. Amen. I believe it. All right, guys. Well, if you liked Ashley's story please let her know in the comment section and if you're listening on this leave a great review um i mean people can find you on on social media right and interact butler matt and ashley butler matt and ashley we are a unit combined i like that makes social media life way easier yes yeah matt although he travels with all these famous people he does not have a social media presence and he loves it like no he i do all of his posts yeah. for him and you like that too that gives it's you fun. a fun i know it is fun <laughs> Well, you guys, uh, check her out again, and um, we'll be having Matt on as well, hopefully tomorrow. We're going to be wrapping up the 2021 Masters event. It's been nice. I didn't know I was going to collect as many stories, but if well, you believe... Well, thank you for asking me. Yeah, with, I believe everyone has a story, and I'm going to lead with that example by, you know, Matt says, you should interview Ashley. I'm like, well, no, absolutely. Like, we have to change the normative, and hopefully we build a community of people that come to listen to people's stories because they're like me. They're, they're looking for the Lord. They're not looking to connect just because someone's famous. If that's the case, then the, then we as listeners to those types of stories, needs to we need to build our understanding, our appreciation of the true story and not be so easily mesmerized. The, the mesmerizing part of story is the removal of sin and death and the Absolutely. gift of joy and life. I agree with you. I just felt like when Matt said that, I felt like I kind of fell in the middle. Like he said, basic. However, most of us are. And yet I can still find joy in my story because he, God, the Lord, saw value in me. Ooh, preach, girl. And has 
given me opportunity day after day after day to share that with other people, whether it's via my husband's social media or being a mom or being a friend or being a salesperson. Yeah. Listen, and I know your intimate walk with the Lord is like Emily's. It's just beautiful. It's personal. It's intimate, you know, and it's real. It's so real. It is. It, I, I mean, we, Emily and I have stayed with you guys. We've stayed in Nashville so many times with you guys, and I love our mornings there because you're there. I mean, I, I've seen you just with the Lord. and I learned like it from my mama. Well, God bless her and your dad. We're going to have yes. your dad on as well and talk to him about his story. But thank you for coming on, thank Ashley. You. All of you, we'll see you in the next episode.